Child executive director, my friend and brother from another mother, President Steve Horn, our state president, Dr. Reggie Bridges, who allowed me to practice on his folk when he was at Zachary, <laughs> preaching there. NOBT president, Dr. Jamie Dew, and to all the pastors and messengers of the Louisiana Baptist Convention, I'm indeed delighted and excited because I have been invited Brother Dale, to bring this convention sermon. This is a dream come true uh, for me. I am humbled and honored to be able to preach for my own state convention. Normally I'm preaching somewhere all across the country, but when I got the call that uh, my own state convention wanted me to preach for this convention, I, I turned down other engagements and said, no, I'm gonna be in Louisiana uh, this time, and I'm so honored that you guys gave me this wonderful privilege and opportunity. Also on behalf of our staff and the members of our church, we are honored to host this year's Louisiana Baptist Convention. When we built this sanctuary back in 2018, December, and came in this building, one of my dreams, and I know Steve, you didn't know it back then, was that one day Franklin Amu can host the state convention. And here God brought it to pass, amen, five years later. So thank you, Louisiana Baptist, for coming to New Orleans and pray God's blessings upon each and every one of you. Our theme for this convention is pursuit, celebrating the past and anticipating the future. Celebrating the past and anticipating the future. However, Louisiana Baptist, if the truth be told, many of us in this service Brian, those watching by way of internet have not been able to anticipate the future because we have not been able to let go of the past. Can I say that one more time? I've discovered, Steve, I've discovered, Reggie, I've discovered, Dr. Dew, I've discovered, Dale, I, I've discovered, Dr. O.J., that many folk that you know and I know, many people that sit in our sanctuaries and churches each and every week have not been able to anticipate the future because we've not been able to let go of the past. And as a result of that, we've not been able to pursue Dr. Jenkins our future because we've not been able to deal Leroy and Carolyn Fountain with our past. I want to talk about that this morning from our key text of this convention, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12, 13, and 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12, 13, and 14. If you have it, please say amen. Matter of fact, y'all can say amen all throughout my sermon. I'm kind of used to it if y'all know what I'm talking about, all right? God bless y'all. Listen to the Apostle Paul. Not that I have already attained... I am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus had also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but, but Chad, one thing, my brother, I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and pressing forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 14, Dr. Tommy Middleton says, I press 
toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Our Father and our God, Master, we thank you and praise you for this tremendous privilege and honor that the Horn and Executive Committee has given to me to preach this convention sermon. And then, God, they gave us Lanyap to host this annual convention of the Louisiana Baptist Convention. Thank you for my brothers and sisters that have come from all parts of the state of Louisiana. Thank you for yesterday's pastor's conference. And we thank you for how well today's session has been of the Louisiana Baptist Convention. Now, God, do as I ask every time I stand to preach, and that is, God, hide me behind the cross. Father, let them not see Fred, but God, let them see Christ. So then, God, that you may be glorified, the saints of God may be edified, Satan may be horrified, and lost sinners will come to repentance. And God, will be careful to give your name all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In Jesus' name I pray. And for us, again, let people of God say, Amen. Philip, look what Paul says again. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. With that text in mind, with that scripture in mind, with this theme uh, for our state convention in mind, I want to preach this morning from the subject, how to handle your past. How to handle your past. Brothers and sisters, all of us, if not most of us, should want to be successful in life and in ministry. All of us, if not most of us, should want to progress in life and in ministry. All of us, Louisiana Baptists, if not most of us, should want to accomplish things in life, Bill, and in ministry. Does not matter your age, does not matter your race, James, it does not matter your gender. All of us, if not most of us, should want to be successful in life and in ministry. She want to progress in life and in ministry. She want to accomplish things uh, in life and in ministry. Does not matter what neighborhood you grew up in. Does not matter if you were raised by a two-parent family or one-parent family like I was. Does not matter if you attended public or private schools. Pastor Jackson, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, if we're honest with ourselves, all of us, if not most of us, should want to be successful in life and ministry. All of us, if not most of us, should want to progress in life and ministry. All of us should want to accomplish things in life and in ministry. However, I've discovered Louisiana Baptist as a pastor that has talked to as a pastor, that has listened to as a pastor, that have counseled hundreds of people through the 37 years that I've been pastor of this church. I've discovered that hundreds of people that desire to be successful in life, that hundreds of people that desire to progress in life, that hundreds of people who desire to accomplish things in life and in ministry, I've discovered as a pastor that have talked to Carolyn, that have listened to Leroy, that have counseled hundreds of people through the years that many people are not where they want to be primarily because of one thing. Many people are not where they want to be in life 
and at the end ministry because of one thing. People have not been able to celebrate the past primarily because of one thing. And that one thing has nothing to do with the neighborhood you grew up in. That one thing has nothing to do with whether you grew up in a two-parent home or a one-parent home. That one thing has nothing to do whether you attended public school or a private school. Brothers and sisters of the Louisiana Baptist Convention, I've discovered that many people have not been able to succeed in life and in ministry. Many people People have not been able to progress in life and ministry. Many people have not been able to celebrate their past. Many people are not able to accomplish in life simply because they've not been able to move on. They've not been able to deal with and they've not been able to get through some of the things that have happened in their past. Hence the subject of this morning's message, how to handle your past. Brothers and sisters, we live in a day and time where people will try to convince you and me that you are the way that you are. You think the way that you think and you act the way that you act because of something from your past. That's what they'll tell us. You think the way you think, you act the way you act, uh, 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 you are the way you are because of something from your past. Psychoanalogists will tell you there's something about your past. That there's something that happened to you when you were a child, something that happened to you when you were a teenager. You may not remember it, but it's controlling you. That, that That's why you are the way you are. That's why you act the way you act. That's why you think the way you think. Uh, 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 it's in your past. It's in your parents. Uh, it was a painful experience. Uh, it was your first relationship. Uh, it was the first church that you went to, the last church that you had. It was a part of what happened last time in your ministry. And because of that, it's making you fearful. It's making you angry. It's making you depressed. Psychoanalysts will convince you and I, that's why you have to go back to your past. That's why you got to dig up your past. That's why you have to go back and figure this thing out because you will never be successful in life or in ministry. They'll tell us that do that you'll never be pro- you'll never progress in life. Amen. Dr. Hancock, they'll tell us that you'll never be able to achieve until you go back and dig up your past. Until you do that, you will never be able to celebrate your past, much less pursue your future. That's what Dr. Horn's psychoanalysis would tell you. Pastor President Bridges, that's what society would tell you. Dale, that's, that's what the world would tell you. However, brothers and sisters, for the believer, for the Christian, for the child of God, we have a whole different story. For the believer, for the Christian, for the child of God, we have a whole different story. For the word of God tells us that we got a different story. For blood-washed Christians, the word of God tells us that you and I have a different story. For the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things, Sanders, are gone away. All things now, Randall's become new. For the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all 
all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God and he shall direct our path. For the Bible says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. And the life, brother Jason, and I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who not only loved me, but he gave himself for me. For the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26, a new heart also will I put into you and a new spirit will I give you. We have, Louisiana Baptist, a different story. That's why the Bible, 1 Peter 1 and 23 says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. For the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verses one and two, I am be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Louisiana Baptist, the Bible says in 1 Peter 2 and 9, you are chosen generation. You are chosen generation. You are royal priesthood. You are holy nation. You are peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For the Bible says in 1 John 2 and 15, love not the world, neither the thing that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And finally, Brian, the Bible says in 1 John 4 and 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome the why? Because greater, 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 greater is he that's in you and me, uh, that the hanker that he that is in the world. Brothers and sisters, because of Calvary, we have another story. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, you and I have another story. We have a different story. I said we have a different story. Oh yes, some bad things have happened to us in our past. Some awful things have happened to us in our past. Some shameful things have happened to us in our past. Some messed up stuff have happened to us in our past. Some embarrassing stuff have happened to us in our past. However, somebody say however. Somebody say however. That's why Jesus died on the cross. That's why Jesus shed his blood on the cross. That's why Jesus took our place. That's why the Bible says, that's why the scripture says, that's why the word of God says that once we are in Calvary, we are in Christ. Nothing, 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 no matter how awful, nothing, no matter how shameful, nothing, no matter how messed up, nothing, no matter how embarrassing, nothing, no matter how sinful, the scripture says, the Bible says that once we are in Christ, nothing can condemn you. Nothing can take you out. Nothing can knock you down. That God's love doesn't cover. That God's forgiveness doesn't cover. That God's grace doesn't cover. That God's mercy doesn't cover. That God's blood doesn't cover. That's why I love the song that said, I know it was the blood. Dale, I know it was the blood. I know it was a bluff for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it, it was the blood for me. Oh, another song said, reaches Jay to the highest mountain. It, it flows, Gomez, to the lowest valley. The blood that gives us strength, Randall, from day to day, it shall never, ever, ever lose its power. So with that said, how do we deal with our past? All of that was my introduction, by the way. So, 
So, so with that introduction said, how do we deal with our past? How do we handle our past? Well, I'm kind of glad you asked. Y'all asked some good questions there. That kind of frees me up to give you the answer. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, our text gives us the answer. If you and I expect to move on in this life, if you and I expect not to be hindered by the messed up stuff in our past, Paul said there are three things that we must do. First of all, number one, we must face it. I'm saying it twice. Brian is taking notes. We must face it. Look at the first part of verse 13. Paul says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. President Beckham, I, I, I do not count to myself to have apprehended. Apprehended means to capture it. Apprehended means to lay hold of it. Apprehended means to arrest it. Paul says, I have not been able to overcome my past. I've not been able to lay hold of my past. I, I've not been able to arrest my past. However, that does not mean I cannot face my past. I, I have not been able to overcome it. I've not been able to lay hold. I mean, however, that does not mean I cannot face my, I cannot pretend that it never happened. I cannot pretend that it was just a dream. No, if, if I hope to succeed in life and ministry, if I hope to progress in life and ministry, if I hope to accomplish things in life and ministry, I must face the things in my past. Face it, Louisiana Baptist, and realize that was in my BC days, my before Christ days. Face it and realize that that was in my BBBA days. That was in my before being born again days. Face it and realize that was in my BS days. Uh, that was in my before salvation days. Face it and stand on Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 that says, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not, who, those who are in Christ who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. In other words, uh, I no longer walk according to the flesh. I no longer live according to the flesh. I no longer think according to the flesh. I no longer act according to the flesh. Why? Because now, Mr. President, I am in Christ. And now that I'm in Christ, I can face my past because the Bible says, uh, because the scripture says, uh, because the word of God says, there is therefore now not a none, now no condemnation of my past because I'm now in Christ. Therefore, I can pursue my future because I'm no longer living in my past. But then therefore, my brothers and sisters, first thing in handling your past, you got to face it. You got to face it. Say it with me. You must face it. But then there's a second thing we must do. If we want to handle our past, Jackson, not only we must face it, but secondly, Paul says, we must forgive it. We must forgive it. Look at the second part of verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. That's the face it part. Here it is. But there's that sanctified conjunction, Reggie. See, there's that sanctified conjunction. But one thing I do. But one thing I do. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, you and I will never be a success in life and in ministry. You and I will never be able to pursue with all we have our future. You and I will never be able to progress in life and ministry. You and I will never be able to accomplish things in life and ministry if we do not forgive ourselves for the mistakes of our past. Again, that's why Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our past. 
As a matter of fact, while being crucified on the cross, Jesus' first cry, for those of you who know the last seven sayings of Christ from the cross, Jesus' first cry from the cross, Jay, was, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they do. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers, and think about it. God forgave us when he allowed his son Jesus to die on the cross. Jesus forgave us when he took his, our place on the cross, on that old rugged cross and shed his blood uh, for the sins of mankind. So God has forgiven us. If Jesus has forgiven us, why can't we forgive ourselves? Again, listen to the word of God. Listen to the scripture. Listen to what the Bible says. Romans 8 and 1 said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 and 31 said, if God is for us, if God is for us, if God is for us, who in the world can be against us? First John 1 and I say, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Louisiana Baptist, if God has forgiven us, if Jesus has forgiven us, we must, we must, we must, we must forgive ourselves. The devil is a liar. You are forgiven. Satan is a liar. You you are forgiven. Lucifer is a liar. You are forgiven. Yes, it was a mistake, but now you're forgiven. Yes, it was awful, but now you're forgiven. Yes, it was embarrassing, but now you're forgiven. Yes, it was shameful, but now you're forgiven. Yes, it was bad, but now you are forgiven. Listen, the Bible says that all of us Every last one of us, like sheep, have gone astray. All of us have made bad choices. All of us have made some bad decisions. But how many know that God is in a forgiving business? Amen? God, he's in a forgiving business. Think about it. Adam and Eve disobeyed God, but God forgave him. Noah was an alcoholic, but God forgave him. Moses was a murderer, but God forgave him. Abraham was a liar, but God forgave him. David was an adulterer, but God forgave him. Solomon was a womanizer, but God forgave him. Peter denied that he ever knew that who Jesus Christ was, but God forgave him. Thomas doubted that Jesus was ever crucified, but God forgave him. So if God forgave all of them, what's your problem? Have you figured it out yet? God is in the forgiving business. If we want to succeed in life and in ministry, if we want to progress, Brother Arnold, in life and in ministry, if we want to accomplish things, we don't Baptist in life and in ministry, if we want to learn how to handle our past, we must forgive ourselves for what we have done in the past. There is nothing we can do about our past. It's done, it's over, forgive it, and then let it go. Let it go, let it go. And then finally, as I come to a close, thank you again, my brother from another mother. Pastor, I am so honored for this privilege. How do we go on? If we're gonna anticipate and embrace our future as a convention after 175 years, with all the stuff we've had to deal with, all the stuff We've had to go through. How do we move on? Number one, you got to face it. It happened. You, you got to face it. Number two, you must forgive it. If God has forgiven you, why can't we forgive ourselves? And then finally, Paul says, we must face it. We must forgive it. And then finally, he says, we must forget it.
We must forget it. We must forget it. Brian, did you get that, bro? We must forget it. We must forget it. That's my friend. That's my brother. Face it. Forgive it. And forget it. Look what he says in verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not count myself that I've apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 14, here it is. Perry Hook is here. I press, I press, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. Chad, you see, I press. Dang it, I press toward the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We must forget it. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, don't waste time on digging up your past. That's the devil's job, and he's good at what he does. So don't help him out. Give your past like I had to do. Give your past to God and let go. Give your past to God and let God take care of your past. But I can hear somebody say, Dr. OJ, I can hear somebody say, wait, wait, wait a minute, Fred, time out. Well, wait a minute, preacher. Isn't it important to deal with our past? And the answer will be yes. It's important to deal with your past. Absolutely it's important to deal with your past. But this is my advice to you as I begin to take my seat. My advice to you would be, deal with your past, but don't dwell in your past. Review your past, but don't remain in your past. Learn from your past, but don't live in your past. Consider your past, but don't continue in your past. Wonder about your past, but don't wallow in your past. Can I say that one more time? What do you do? Yes, it's important to deal with it. But, but, but Jane, honey, good to see you, Doc. Good to see you. It's important to understand, that Jack, that you got to deal with your But deal with your past, but don't dwell in your past. Review your past, but don't remain in your past. Learn from your past, but don't live in your past. Consider your past, but don't continue in your past. Wonder about your past, but don't wallow in your past. Listen, all of us have a past, Jay, but there's there's nothing we can do about our past. However, there's a whole lot we can do about our future. There's nothing we can do about what happened in your past, but there's a whole lot we can do about what's going to happen in your future. A whole lot can do. I never forget as I come to a close. I think that's my third time ready to say that, but, but black preachers have a way of closing more than one time. Uh, I never forget that when I was, uh, when our church, God blessed our church and and we became an autonomous church in two years. Gentilly Baptist Church was our mother church. And, and uh, we had a meeting uh, uh, in the fellowship hall. And some of the older members said, say, Pastor, now that we're an autonomous church, can we get out of the Southern Baptist Convention? And James, I looked at him. I said, why do y'all want to get out of the Southern Baptist Convention? This convention has really been good to us. Our director mission and association are right there. They trained our Sunday school teachers. They, they trained us how to do vacation Bible school. Uh, uh, our youth able to go over to NOBTS and use the gym for lock-ins. And uh, uh, we have retreat centers around the state 
that's open to us as a Southern Baptist Convention church. I say, so, you know, this convention has been good to us. Why would y'all want to get out of the convention? And one of my oldest members got up and said, well, pastors, obviously you don't know. I say, don't know what? Says, obviously you don't know how this convention started. And then she told me that this convention started as a result of slavery. Gee, I never knew. I, I never knew that. And I, you know, I, I grew up National Baptist. I didn't know anything about the Southern Baptist Convention until I was preaching at a National Baptist Church. Someone heard me there, told me about Franklin Avenue Baptist Church, and said, Franklin Avenue was looking for a pastor. And at the time, Elizabeth and I were praying about uh, where we should progress in ministry. And, uh, and, and I, I said, y'all, I got an apology to make. I have to apologize. I never knew about the history of this convention. But based on what has happened to us in the two years that I've been here, through our association, through the state convention, and through NOBTS, this convention has been really good to us. And I said that to those 200 people in that room. I said, I need to apologize to you as your pastor that I had no idea about how this convention started. I had no idea about this, the past of this convention. But I looked at each of them and I looked every one of them in the eye. I said, every last one of us in here have a pass. You have a pass, and, and you have a pass, and you have a pass, and you have a pass. And I said, I, even me, I even got a pass. Matter of fact, when I filled out the resume to become pastor here, I didn't tell y'all everything about me. <laughs> I didn't tell you everything about my past. Because Tommy, if I would have told him everything, I would have never been elected pastor of Franklin Avenue Baptist Church. And so Jackson, I told them, there's nothing we can do about our past, but there's a whole lot we can do about our future. And they said, Pastor, if you say so, we're going to stay. And I'm glad we stayed. I, I, I'm so, Steve, I'm glad we stayed. Not knowing that one day, this church of 65 struggling members, a mission church of Gentilly Baptist Church, not knowing that one day this church would grow and grow and grow and, and one day lead the state convention. In baptisms. I never forget there when Wayne Jenkins called me, bless his soul. Wayne Jenkins called me, he was our evangelism director at the time. He said, Brother Fred, I got some good news and bad news. I said, What's the good news? He said, For the first time in the history of our convention, an African American church has led our state convention in baptism. He said, I said, Wayne, that's great. That's all. I said, But I got some bad news. I said, What? I don't know how I'm going to tell this to the white preachers in our convention. <laughs> Chad, I told him, Brother, that ain't my problem. That's your problem. Jack, I'm glad we stayed. We led the state in the convention. We led the state in Sunday school attendance. I'm so glad we stayed. Uh, here's a street kid from the Lord Nightwater. Mom and dad were divorced when I was six years old. The middle of five kids uh, back in 2012 uh, at the New Orleans Convention Center was nominated by Pastor David Cosby, Crosby of the First Baptist Church, uh, for president of the 12, 000, uh, 12 million member of uh, Southern Baptist Convention. And no one decided to run uh, against me. I'm glad I stayed because of what God has done in this convention. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing we can do about our past, but there's a whole lot we can do about our future. Hold on, church. Hold on, LBC. Hold on, brothers and sisters. That's why Paul said in the text, if I want to handle my past, I got to forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead. In other words, when they come to my past, when they come to anticipate 
anticipate in the future, I must face it, I must forgive it, I must forget it, but then I also must press on. I also must press on. I also must press on. In other words, let go of your past, Louisiana Baptist, and let God, let God, let God, let God take care of our future. Let's pursue our future. Press on and press forward. Let go of your mistakes and let God press on. Let go of our bad choices and press on. Let go of our bad decisions and press on. Let go of our bad actions and press on. Let go and let God. Let go and let God. God can handle your past. Press on. God can handle your mistakes. Press on. God can handle your enemies. Press on. God can handle your haters. Press on. However, you must do your part about your past. You must face it. You must forgive it. And you must forget it. And then press on. Brothers and sisters, when it comes to how to handle your past and my past, the songwriter said it best. Let Jesus fix it for you. Let Jesus fix it for you. Let Jesus fix it for you. For he knows just what to do. Whenever you pray, let him have his way. And he will fix it for you. And that's how to let go of our past and anticipate our future. Louisiana Baptist, press on. Press on. Press on. God bless y'all. Thank you for this privilege. Love y'all. Y'all pray for me. I'll pray for you.